Hey there, Fat Guy Forum fans. This is Gourmet with a quick note before we get the episode started. I have something exciting to tell you about. We have launched the Fat Guy Forum Patreon. That's right. You can now become a monthly supporter of the show for just a few dollars, less than a cup of coffee a month. You can support keeping these amazing dude stories coming to you. And there's even a bonus at one of the tiers that I think is going to be very exciting. I have some great ideas to come to as we develop this, but I wanted to get it launched and in your hands. So if you enjoy what you hear on this show and you want to help me to keep it coming to you, please go over to that link in the show notes, and that is patreon.com slash keto. Thank you so much, my friends, and on to the show. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and I'm excited to have you here with us today as we dive into the story of yet another awesome dude. And with me, on the same coast as me today, I have Ralph Franco. Ralph, how are you doing this morning? Hey, pretty good, man. Pretty good. Got an early morning workout in, so I'm feeling nice and fresh. There we go. We get the blood pumping, and we're ready to... You know, now to, to work our, our brains a little bit, man, let's let's dive right into it and, and get to your story. So tell us, Ralph, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? Well, um, I've been a fat guy pretty much my whole life. It, uh, it all started when I was young. Um, I wasn't really social growing up. So if I was having a good day, you know, my parents would treat me to, you know, go get something to eat and you know, it kind of just became a routine, you know, you do good, you get something to eat. Uh, also, when I would do bad, I would kind of, you know, just wait till the middle of the night when everybody's asleep, go in the kitchen and grab a few corn dogs or a couple corn dogs and take those down or um, grab a cup of soda. I had a, a trash can in my room that no one really knew about and I kind of had it hidden in my closet. So I filled that up over the week and, and everybody would go to work and I would uh, go dump that trash can out and then... If I, like I said, if I had a good day, I would keep eating. If I had a bad day, I would I would binge eat my depression away, basically. Understood, man. And so, what was your what was your weight like growing up? Like, how was it? You know, what was the progression like for you? Well, I was I was always a bigger kid. I never really thought of myself as a bigger kid. I thought, you know, maybe I was just you know a few pounds overweight. Um, I'd go to the doctor, you know, because I was in sports growing up and get weighed in and look at weight and not really think much of it because I watched football growing up. So, you know, you see those those big football players and you think, oh, okay, I'm not that bad. And, you know, as it starts to go up, it, uh, I think it really hit me in high school when I used to wrestle. Um, my coach would tell me, hey, you know, you're at the max weight limit. You have to lose a few pounds. And the max weight limit at that time, I believe, it was like, I want to say it was 300 pounds. And I was right around 290, 290 between 290 and 300 pounds. So... I'd always have to burn a few pounds off or, you know, weigh in with the towel, as the adults do, as you would say, you know. So, uh, but I would barely make the weight, and I had a couple of times where a coach would ask, hey, you know, is he really underweight? And they'd have to take me back to the back and re- uh, scale me again. So and I think that was the point where I realized, you know, my weight was becoming a problem. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, so was that up until that point, like, it was – was it just not really something that, that came into your mind as, as a problem or really you had noticed as something, you know, in terms of hindering anything you were doing or, you know, having an impact? Like, it was, was that when it really kind of was put in front of you? Yeah. Um, 
like I said, I played sports my whole life, so I really never thought, you know, I was, like I said, that big. Like, I never really noticed it. I would just see the scale and look at football players being, you know, taller and heavier. And I look like, you know, the heavier you were, the better you were. And grow up watching wrestling, you see the big wrestlers. And I'm like, okay, I want to be like that growing up. And not to realize, you know, I'm a 14, 15-year-old kid trying to be the same size as a, a grown adult. And uh, just... Seeing, just seeing the people I liked and, and looked up to as being a bigger peak of people, not realizing that I was big in the wrong way. Mm. Which, which I, th- I think makes sense, man. And So what, what happened from there? Uh, from there? Um, actually, I had a relatively... I started... I think once I noticed I was actually getting big or getting a little too big, I start, actually started working out at a high school. Um, my one of my uncles he bought me a, a weight bench so I'll go ahead and use that and uh, go for walks around the block. I had a really cool neighbor. He was a former UFC fighter. Yeah, so like I was saying, you know, I had a a neighbor. He was a former UFC fighter. So he actually he was a really cool guy. He lived across the street. So uh, me and one of my buddies, my buddy, he was he was never a big guy. He was always in shape and. Uh, I guess that you have, he, my, his name was Sherman. I'll go ahead and, you know, shout him out, Sherman. He, um, he just, he noticed I was a bigger guy and he wanted to help me out. He was real good friends with my dad. So, you know, he would take, take us on runs around the block. Uh, and he would always, he would always, you know, make sure I wasn't feeling like I was being left behind. If I was, you know, slowing down, he would slow down. If I was walking, he would walk. So he always made me feel comfortable and never really made me feel like I was behind. You know, he always supported me, and that helped me going. You know, I started losing weight. I think I got back down to two fifty out of high school. Um, you know, I started working, got my got my first job, and you know, as the story goes, you you meet a girl, you fall in love, and you you guys break up, and you go into depression. I already had bad depression. I would start eating, so I think that was the very beginning of my downhill spiral with food. Yeah, and I think that's a story a lot of people listening can probably relate to that we develop, you know, in our in our youth, we develop these these coping mechanisms with food and we develop these behaviors that are hard patterns to break because when you become an adult or even as you grow is when they can become actually more detrimental. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and just like I was, yeah, it's just, it, it, it gets hard, you know. I know I've listened to a lot of people say that when they get upset, you know, they start eating and I never really believed in food addiction until I started getting older and I would start realizing I would, I would go drive to the store to go get something for my parents and I would, you know, sneak by McDonald's and grab a couple, couple McDoubles and eat them on the way back and make sure I threw everything away so nobody would notice and get back home and be in a better mood and I don't know if my parents ever realized it and I'm pretty sure they did with when my weight was going up but it's just one of those things where it kind of it gets you through the moments you need to get it through, but it's also killing you. So it's like a double-edged sword. Oh, it certainly is. Like it's not, it's, it's, it's clearly for many of us, not a healthy behavior. So that contributed to your continued weight gain, correct? Yeah, that was one of the big, big things, man. I just, uh, I actually getting a little farther in the story, um, I'll flash forward to 2010. I had a cousin. One of my, well, he was one. Of, he was more like a brother. One of my best friends, you know. 
Um, so to this day, you know, I could, would consider him one of my best friends. Um, unfortunately, you know, he has passed away. Uh, in 2010, he actually had a stroke, and his mom and his mom found him, and uh, you know, he became bedridden for the rest of his life. You know, he lived another six years, six I think it was six or seven years. You know, he was bedridden, and you know, once that happened, I just went through a big old big, I think that was my deepest depression I've ever went through in my life. Um, uh, growing up, you know, 21, I'd want to go party with my friends and not go hang out with him. And I've always lived, lived and regretted that, you know, if I could have that one more time. And when I would, when I would think about that, I would get upset and I would, and it would, it, it wouldn't be, you know, going to McDonald's to get a couple of double cheeseburgers. It'd be going to a buffet and eating everything away. I remember one time, I went by myself, uh, I asked the waitress if I could sit in the back, you know, so nobody really noticed me, and I just remember crying while I was eating, and it was just you know, trying to get that comfort over stuffing myself, and just not able to, even food wasn't comforting me at that point, and I would eat myself sick, and that's when my weight gain really shot up. I went from, I thought I was 280, and I jumped up to about 350 at that, 350, 360 at that time. And that was, I think, within a year. So that was a very, very rapid weight gain. And my body felt it tenfold. And what was, you know, what was it like then? Like, what was it like going through that experience? Like, were you were you getting support, you know, for the, the kind of the, the mental challenges you were facing? Or was it really just you were dealing with it all on your own? And this was the this was what was reinforcing that behavior for you, man? Um, I've always had family be there for me. I, I can never say I never have. Uh, they tried to help me. They realized I was in a really bad spot. Uh, I would have friends at work try to comfort me. and It was just one of those things where I could be in a room full of people talking to everybody. And inside my head, I'm just thinking, you know, when am I going to get my next meal? Or just feeling alone. And it's one that's one of the worst feelings in the world as a big guy is... Um, you know, you're, you could, like I said, you could be in a room full of people and you just feel so little, like there's nothing, nobody can do to help you. And the only thing you could think that could comfort you is food. And it's a horrible thing to have. Oh, it's cer it certainly is, man. And that wasn't kind of where things ended for you, you know, weight wise, like you, you did continue to put on weight. Yeah. Um, I, in 2014, uh, I met my or, or my girlfriend, which is my fiance now. We're actually supposed to get married on a, yesterday on Sunday, but due to the pandemic, we had to you know po postpone everything. So, um, but yeah, I met her in 2014. Uh, a year later, we had my son, and you know, as an, as a man, you know, that's you're supposed to be excited. That's supposed to be you know, one of your happiest moments, in which it was. You know, I was very happy. Um, she actually has another son with an, another guy, so I'm a, I'm a stepdad, but I consider myself, you know, his father too. So, um, like when I had my first son, or my first biological son, uh, I was working at the time, and then a few months after he was born, I actually got laid off, so I was unemployed. Um, you know, but she brought me out of my depression. Uh, when I first met her, I was actually taking medication before I met her. Um, and w once I met her, you know, I was off my off my pills, off my medication. 
um, her and her son basically, I always tell them that, you know, you guys saved my life. You know, if it wasn't for you guys, I don't know how heavy I would be. I don't know where I would be. You know, those evil thoughts that pop in your head, you know, I was getting those, getting those evil thoughts of thinking, you know, how, how the world would be better off without me. And those aren't easy thoughts to have. And before, and, you know, once I met her and seen her son, it gave me something to live for. Or my other, my son, it gave me something to live for. You know, it gave me a purpose. And I was doing really good again. I was back eating well. And after I had my first son, everything was going good until I got laid off. And I would sit at home with him just upset. Like, how can I, what am, how can I be a father to him if I'm, I can't even provide food for him? I got to the point where I was donating plasma to make extra money just to buy him diapers, to buy extra formula. And, you know, as a first-time father, you know, that kills you. And when he would take naps, I would binge eat. You know, I would eat. Uh, that's when I had my second weight gain. I went from, I believe it was 320, and I shot up within a year to 406 pounds, and that was my heaviest. And like I said, you know, just being a father and not being able to provide, you know, my fiance, you know, basically breaking her back, trying to make it for this family and me just sitting at home, you know, just take, you know, taking care of the, taking care of my son and not able to buy anything, you know, even to buy him an outfit, it just, it killed me. And that's why my, my, another one of my weight gains started. And so that took you to the, you know, obviously it was this, you know, dark period and it took you to your heaviest weight. Like what was that when you decided you needed to make change or was it after that? Like bring us to like what the point that you decided that you, there was something like, how did you get out of that place? I guess is the best question to ask. Um, like I said, my fiance, she's, she is my biggest support system without her. I don't know where I'd be, honestly. Um, we both, she is also a, a, a heavier set girl and we both put on weight when my, you know, when I was going through my depression she felt bad that she couldn't help me. And, you know, she also suffers from depression as well. So if I wasn't feeling good and she would see it, we would both go eat. And it was just a downward spiral for both of us. Um, her family has actually had the, uh, the, the gastric bypass. A few people in her family have actually had that. So she was looking into that and we found out there's a new, a new surgery. Well, it's not new necessarily, but it's a newer surgery. Um, it's a vertical sleeve gastronomy. I can't pronounce the last word of it, um, but yes, there you go. Um, but we call it, we, everybody in the community calls it a, the VSG surgery. Um, so she looked into that and she said, you know, she was trying to hint at it to me without being disrespectful because she already knew I was going through a rough time. Um, we looked into it together. We actually both had got the surgery. She got it a month before I did. Um, I got my surgery December 21st, 2017. Um, but prior to that, it was, it's a long, very long process. You have to lose weight seven months consistently. Um, you have to see doctors, you have to see therapists, you have to um, go to nutrition classes. And, and it's a long process. You have to make sure your mind's right for it. Because after the surgery, it's a drastic, drastic change. But that surgery, anybody that's listening to this, if you're, if you think about it and you don't think, you know, losing weight, you know, by yourself is not the right way. 
I would highly recommend looking into it. It not only did it help me lose my weight, it also it kind of changed my life. It gave me more energy. And that little bit of energy it gave me gave me the opportunity to actually start working out, to start walking again. And just taking off that, you know, five to ten pounds, just seeing it fall off is just it was just amazing to see after my whole life yo-yo dieting, losing three pounds and then the next week gaining back four or five, you know, you would just see the weight coming off and it's very inspirational and it keeps you motivated to keep going. Um, like I said, I had the surgery two weeks prior to the surgery. You have to go on a liquid diet. That is the biggest test I had, I think. You could only eat either two string cheeses or two eggs. Other than that, you could only eat well drink liquid. So I had a lot of protein those two weeks. I had a lot of ch chicken broth, uh, you know, protein waters, water, anything I could drink with protein in. I was just. It seemed like I always had a bottle in my hand to drink something. I never wanted to feel like I was getting getting the slightest hungry because then I would I knew I would want to eat. Um. And even harder before that, Thanksgiving was right before our surgery. For a fat guy, that's our Olympics. That's, that's our championship right there. We want to we wanna prove how much we can put down. <laughs> but, you know, and that was a hard one. I couldn't eat that day. I had to, you know, hold off just to get myself prepared for that because I knew it was going to be hard after surgery. Oh, for sure. And so you had the surgery, and, and what happened um, after that? So like I said, I had the surgery December 21st, 2017. Um, once you have the surgery, you have to keep walking. You have to stay active. You can't sit down and rest too long, or you know, you'll start to get blood clots in your leg. So um, it's not a very painful surgery. You do have, you know, that stomach pain, um, just, you know, from being sore from them pulling out part of your stomach, because uh, what they do is they cut off 80% of your stomach, and then they sew you up and make your, basically make your, they resize your stomach to about the size, um, smaller than your fist, basically. So your stomach's probably about, maybe now my stomach was probably the size, maybe a a little bit bigger than a golf ball. So they shrink it, you know, a pretty good amount. So it's hard to keep food down. Um, I remember waking up, you know, putting on few, like three layers of clothing to go out, go for a walk when it was cold uh, around my apartment complex at the time. Um, and then right after the surgery, I think in around, no, right before New Year's, I actually grew an abscess in one of the incision areas I had. So New Year's Eve, I was actually in the hospital, sitting in the hallway alone. My family's at home, get ready to celebrate New Year's. And, you know, and those thoughts came back in my head, like, why did I do this surgery? I'm back in the hospital. I was never in the hospital when I was big. You know, I can't see my family. It's just, it gets you your head thinking again. And then nurse came in and told me, hey, you're going to be in here for a couple of days. You know, hearing that, sitting in a hallway on a gurney by yourself, you know, seeing people walk by, you know, seeing, you know, kids in there with their family thinking, man, you know, me being selfish, thinking, where's my family? Not realizing, you know, those kids are actually sick. Um, 
finally just was getting to a point where it was getting too much again. And I was already starting to go back to, okay, when I get out of here, I'm going to go eat. Um, fortunately for me, my doctor, uh, his name is Dr. Cyrus Moon. Uh, he was actually, he was actually just walking by, you know, <laughs> he was walking by and he said, Hey, what are you doing here? Told him what happened. And he went and grabbed my chart. 30 minutes later, he comes back with the scalpel and right in the hallway, he sanitizes me, gets me all prepped, cuts an incision where my abscess was and drains all the fluid, Drain, drained all the fluid, patched me up and said, Hey, go celebrate New Year's with your family. You know, got discharged that day, and that was just a blessing right there. My wife came, picked me up with the kids, and, you know, I was fortunately able to spend New Year's Eve with my family that year. So it was just, it was awesome. But at the time, I was already having, you know, those bad thoughts. And like I said, it was just a miracle. He just happened to walk by and see me. So it was awesome. So that's good that you were, you know, your doctor was able to show up and, and get you to that place. So, you got through that experience. It sounds like. Yeah, that I just I've had a roller coaster, man, my whole life, up and down, up and down, and you know, after my surgery, it would it would go on pretty well. Me and my wife, we were losing weight. Um, she would start to get discouraged because you know men lose weight faster than women do. I was very active. Not I can't say very active. I was pretty active. Where. I would start dropping weight and I would drop weight a little faster than she would and she would get discouraged and I would try to, you know, try to keep her inspired the same way I was inspired. Um, about a year in after our surgery, I actually got, no, eight months, I have it written down, eight months after my surgery, I actually got to my lowest weight. I dropped from 406, I, and I remember scaling in, I was 298, so... I was just seeing that I was that's the lowest I got since my surgery and seeing that it was just so inspirational thinking you know within a little, short amount of time uh, I was able to drop that weight and it was just awesome seeing it you know like seeing that weight gone and realizing okay I can fit back in a two X's I can't comfortably fit in my pants now um, I have a pair of pants I keep. Uh, my highest weight, I believe they were size 58. Um, my biggest size pants I have today, I still keep them. I still, they're hanging in my closet. And I know once I get down to my goal of 250, I'm going to have those pants. I'm going to do a side-by-side -side and hold them up. But uh, it's just, they're, every time I look at them, just, it just, I just think, man, I was, I really let myself get that big. And seeing where I'm at now, uh, I actually weighed in yesterday. Sunday is my weigh-in day. I'm back down to, to three oh five. So, uh, I'm almost back down to my lowest weight, and you know I'm hoping by, by the end of this year I'll be under three hundred pounds again. Well, let's let let's not jump ahead to where you're at now, man. Like let let's talk about because there's still more to your story in terms of what happened with your weight after the surgery. You know you were losing weight, and then you ran into some challenges. Oh yeah, I don't know how I just passed over that. Yeah, I was yeah, gonna. I, I was gonna say. I know there's a, <laughs> there's 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 more to the story. You know, I, it's your story to tell. But I want to I want to make sure that we 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 talk to people because it you know the way we're talking right now it sounds like you had the surgery, got to the lowest weight, and and kind of moved on from there. Like, what take us through kind of what was going on for you? You know, what what happened? What came next? Okay, so after I got to my lowest weight. Uh, 
you know, I would slowly start to push myself. Okay, I had a soda. Okay, I was able to eat my whole hamburger instead of just half of it. Um, I was able to eat just a little bit more than I was supposed to. Um, we were trying to go keto, and I, I know, you know, I know you're gourmet. I know everybody knows you as keto gourmet. Gordo, gourmet goes keto. Um, it actually, it worked for me for a little while. Um, and I know everybody's different. People, you know, it works, it works awesome, amazing for you. Um, some, I know some people it doesn't really work for as much. Um, it worked for me for a little while, like I said, and then I would start slowly introducing carbs back into my diet. Um, being a Hispanic person, you know, tortillas. <laughs> I love tortillas, and I would go from making a keto egg and sausage, cheese, and bacon omelet to then, you know, making it a scramble and putting it inside a tortilla and making myself a burrito. Um, slowly start to eat, just like I said, a little bit more and a little bit more to the point where, you know, I was able to go drive to the store to go pick something up and grab a couple cookies on the way home, eat a couple of cookies before I would notice or my uh, fiance would say, hey, grab us, you know, an ice cream or something on the way home. Uh, I would grab an ice cream and an extra cheeseburger to eat on the way home before and she wouldn't even, and hope she wouldn't even know about it. Um. I was slowly starting to creep back into that, oh, I, can, I can eat more, let me get more phase, and not really paying attention to my size, and then realizing, okay, things are starting to fit a little tighter, you know, I was in with 2X comfortably, now it's been a little tight, and uh, as a guy I would think, okay, this shirt's just made different, this isn't a real 2X, this is, you know, it's a 1X, they just put a 2X on it to sell it, kind of a thing, and, you know, then I'd start buying 3X and say, okay, you know what? Maybe these are just a little more comfortable. And, uh, yeah, once I bought that next size up, I would just continue eating. And and I can't blame my depression on my weight gain this last time. Because, um, actually, I wasn't really depressed. It was just falling into habits of things that were going good. You know, when things went good, I would go buy my kids a Happy Meal. Um, that's the way I was raised. You know, when my kids would do good, I would go buy them something. My oldest son, he um, he has autism, so when he would do something new and do something good, I would treat him with a soda, or I would treat him with a Kit Kat bar, or you know something to that nature, and and just because that's the way I was raised, um, I know it's not healthy for him, and I look back at these past couple of years and think, man, you know, he's put on a little weight, and I'm the reason for it, you know. My youngest is four years old now, and he's you know, he's put on a little weight, and, you know, fortunately for him, he's, he's very active, we live next door to my brother-in-law, so all the kids are outside playing, um, they run a lot, they play a lot, which, you know, is fortunate, because I was feeding them horrible the last couple of years, and starting to realize, you know, I'm doing that to my kids, and it makes me feel bad again, but that's just, that was the way I was born, I would give them treats when they were doing good, if, my fiance was having a bad day or my kids were having a bad day. I said, you know, let's go get an ice cream. Let's make this day better. And just that cycle, man, that cycle that gets us all. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it speaks to the power of that, the power of food and the, the power of the presence it can have in our lives and the impact on our behavior and our emotions. Yeah, it's like... I, I didn't know if food addiction was really a big thing. I really didn't believe it growing up. 
I know I mentioned it earlier, you know, I somewhat started to believe in it. And at my heaviest, I did believe in it. Um, now that I look back and think about it, man, food addiction is, it's, it's one of the most silent killers there is, you know, food addiction, depression, anxiety, all of those go hand in hand when you're a big guy, you know. I've heard people on your podcast state before, you know, they get upset and they eat, you know, the world gets smaller to them, you know, they don't have a support system. Um, I had a, an amazing support system when I was getting my way and I still felt alone. As a big guy, you know, as men, we tend to not want to reach out to people. We feel like it shows weakness. Um, I was raised around a lot of women uh, in my family. So I do show my emotions. There'll be times where I'll just go sit in a corner and cry for no reason, it seems like sometimes. And I'm not afraid to show my emotion. Uh, I know a lot of men, they think it's it might show weakness or something like that and it's okay it's okay if you know you have to go cry don't be ashamed to show your emotions don't be afraid to ask for help you know don't be if you know someone that's struggling out there send them a message you know you know it, even if it's a text message uh you know a post on their facebook wall or instagram anything like that just let them know you're there for them because that could be the message that saves their life they could feel alone and you know that message can make them feel like they're not no, I think you're right. I think especially, you know, there's a stigma to talking about men, men's mental health a lot. Um, and then it, it's why these behaviors can become so reinforced, I think. Like, you know, we develop coping mechanisms that get, you know, have this detrimental effect, you know, whether it's with food or booze or something along those lines. And, you know, it just becomes this kind of vicious cycle that we can get stuck into. And, you know, it's it's hard to get out of when the the avenues for you know the support is all there the hands are all there you know reaching out but it's it's almost like you're you're trained to not reach out so even though it's there getting it is can be some of that you know be that challenge so i think it makes sense you know and especially you know there's you know we all have different points where we use different tools especially when it comes to dealing with our relationship with food and weight and you know we we see successes and we see failures because we miss different pieces, you know, we're, we're working on one thing where really that's another thing that we need to be working on. So, you know, you started to see regain happen. Like where, where did that get to for you? Um, it just, it would just slowly start. And I went to the doctor for, I would go to the doctor every year for a check to make sure everything's right. I remember a few months ago, I went and checked, waited and I believe I was back at three thirty. And I seen the number and I was like, there's no way this is right. It's because, you know, I have, all, of course, you know, you start making excuses. I have all my, I have my work boots on or I have my clothes on. So that's an extra five pounds. And, you know, trying to add different little things up. Oh, my phone weighs a pound. So that's, you know, that's an, and so then we went and bought a scale. And that same day I went and bought a scale, brought it home. You know, I did my, uh, my wrestling weigh in, as you would say. And yeah, sure enough, I was, I was up there. <laughs> It wasn't just the scale. It wasn't my clothes. It was me. It was my body. And I had no one to blame about that but myself, you know. So my fiance and me, we, we slowly, we had an elliptical at our house. Um, we have a garage and we turned our garage into a gym. Um, I got an elliptical now. I have a weight bench. I've had that same weight bench my uncle bought me when I was little. I had the same exact one sitting right here next to me. Um, 
we found a punching bag and you know that's one of my big relievers right now if I get upset I want to eat I go work out you know I put a TV up in here have a little speaker this has become my home the last three months and it may not be every single day it may not be you know two times three times a week but when I need that relief and I, if I feel like I want to eat this is where I come this is as like the karate kid would say this is my dojo like <laughs> this is where I have all of our stuff, we have our weights written on the wall. We so every, when we see it, you know, you know that's where we want to go. You know, looking up, I see my three thirty one. Uh, week one, when I started this journey all over again. Uh, you know, week I'm at week eleven now, and I'm three oh five. Like, I would always try to lose weight rapidly. I would get upset if I didn't. If I would get upset if I didn't see a five pound weight loss. You know, and I came to the realization, you can lose the weight and make it obtainable. Go for two pounds a week. And in two pounds a week, you'll, you'll see results. If you don't, if you lose more than that, that's an awesome plus. If you see less than that, you know, it's okay. It's okay to not to hit your goal. Um, I've gained weight a couple of times. I've stayed the same a couple of times. Um, I've lost four to five pounds in a week, and I've lost, like I said, nothing in a week, uh, or I've gained in a week, but my goal is I'm trying to lose 62 pounds by the end of this year. And I am, I believe, one pound ahead of my, the rate I'm supposed to be at. I've lost 26 pounds since I've started. So my goal is still there. It's still obtainable. Um, I got to take it slow and steady. You can't try to jump ahead at when you suffer depression and a food addiction. You have to take it slow, slow and steady, <laughs> like the turtle in the hair, slow and steady right. to win that race. And so what are you, what do you think you're doing now to help you work on the food addiction side of things? Cause obviously that's something, you know, I've talked about my own experiences, like how are you, what, what are you putting in place to help you get a handle on those issues and those, those coping mechanisms you used to use and, you know, the way you used to, you know, you were you're using food for a reason. Like, what are you? What are you doing now to help with that? Um, honestly, Gormy, I'm. I just. I try not. I try not to even think about food. It's. It's always there. I still get those hunger cramps every once in a while. But, you know, instead of going to get those hunger cramps, going to make me three corn dogs. I'll go ahead and go make me. You know, go eat a couple pieces of pepperoni and a piece of cheese, or, you know, I'll just go drink some more water until I don't feel hungry anymore. Um, Right now, I'm actually right back at a new job, and we require to walk a lot. Um, I walk about four to five miles a day now, so that's my exercise at work. You know, I'm busting my butt now at work, and it's it's improving my weight loss. Like, I'm not gonna say I'm the perfect eater. I still to this day, I'll still go and on my way home, grab a couple tacos. I'm not, I mean, I'm not perfect. I know none of us are. I know some people are really strict in their diet. I know you are very strict on your diet. Um, but I want people to know it's, it's okay to mess up. Don't be ashamed if you've messed up. Don't beat yourself up over it. You know, have a short memory. If you do go get those couple tacos, okay, spend that extra 30 minutes in, in the gym, you know, go walk for an extra 20 minutes. Just don't let it sit in your mind because, I've had times where I've ate a, you know, ate a couple of things bad and it just sits in my mind and then I want to eat more and I want to eat more and uh, 
I just, you can't do that anymore. I don't want, I just don't want any of our, any of your listeners to think, you know, if you mess up, it's okay. It's okay to mess up from time to time. It's, it's not the right thing to do. We always want to stay on track, but if you mess up, don't beat yourself up about it. I know I've watched a couple people on my Instagram, um, do bad and, you know, one day and then the next week I say, oh, you know, I've been doing bad this whole time, you know, and I reach out to them, and go, hey, you know, it's okay to, it's okay to mess up. We all mess up. No one's perfect in our weight loss journey. And if we were, we would, we, none of us would be overweight. We wouldn't have a fat guy form if we were all right. perfect. So. No, I think that's, I think that's good advice. I think it's important to not get into that because I think that's another part of, the the addictive cycle of food is we allow that self negativity to give permission you know like it gives us another reason to continue to to follow yeah. fall down that hole like it's instead if you're like no I'm gonna I'm gonna make a choice now that is honoring me I'm gonna make a choice now that moves me forward you know then you're you're not in the face of just saying oh well I did bad so I should do something worse like I don't deserve anything good like it's very easy to fall down that that hole I think exactly and no go ahead oh and no I was gonna say you know before or I remember I well the place I was working at before where I'm at now um I listened to a lot of podcasts so I was looking for you know an outlet I was looking for a food addiction podcast or anything like that and you know, I think on Instagram, no, my, my fiance actually, she follows a guy and he listens to your podcast and she told me, hey, you should check it out. So I checked it out, man. And dude, you became a, a daily listen at work. I think I got up to episode 14 or 15 before I started my new job. So now, you know, instead of listening to two or three episodes a day, I listen to one on the way and on the way home from work. So just finding your podcast, man, it, it, it made me feel like I'm not alone. It's... It's one of those things where you have fat guys. We're not ashamed to say we're fat guys, you know? And if you're not ashamed to it and you have that support, like, it's amazing. Uh, I seen Teddy's story. I heard Teddy's story, and man, it got me so inspired. And, you know, just seeing, you know, his, his embrace the suck mentality, you know, he's still, we're, like I said, we're not perfect. We still have our ups and downs. He's still going through a couple of things, which Teddy, if you're listening to this, hey, don't feel bad, man. We, if you need help, I'm here for you. Don't, we're all here for you. Um, but he's doing amazing. And just seeing his journey and seeing him just starting gets me excited to see where he's going to end up at, where he's going to be in the future. Oh, for sure, man. And I, I appreciate hearing that. And I think about like that, you know, being able to find that connection and build that connection. I think that's an important part of, of the work that we're all doing like that, that sense of community in a lot of ways. Like I'm wondering Ralph, like, so thinking about kind of yourself moving forward and you talked a little bit about kind of like your end of the year goal, but what, what do you think are going to be the things that are going to carry you through successfully? Um, support. Um, like I said, the holidays come up, the holidays are really tough for a lot of people. Um, Halloween's coming up. Everyone's at candy. I mean, unfortunately, we're in a pa- uh, pandemic right now, so we don't know what things are going to occur with that. You know, I know for myself, I really don't feel comfortable with my kids doing that, um, which might lead me to buying candy and just giving it to them at the house, which means there's candy at the house, which means I'm going to eat candy. <laughs> so um, also, you know, Thanksgiving's coming up, Christmas, 
you know, those, like I said, those are the fat guy Olympics. We think we want to eat a lot and, you know, get excited about those times, but just support, you know, having each other's back, you know, talking to people. Um, my fiance has really held me accountable. Um, she's actually started working where I'm at right now. And I, I still make my keto breakfast. I sometimes I still make my, you know, eggs and sausage, but I'll look over and she's sitting there with a protein shake and apple slices and peanut butter. And I'm like, man, I wish I had that willpower right now. But I, I, some people need food. I don't, I've tried protein shakes. I've tried to function on them. It just, they work for, they're like a, like a bandaid for me. It'll help me get through the day, but it's not going to keep me full. So, um, uh, so like I said, I'll, I'll pack those, those, you know, that steak and eggs, you know, in my little container, I'll eat that. And, but just support, man. Uh, I know my fiance supports me. I support her. If, if anybody needs support or anybody has any questions about anything, or if you just need to talk, I'm here for anybody. You know, we're all fat guys together. We all got to stick together and support each other. Um, this, my dojo right here, man, I got to, you know, get back into here. You know, even though I am walking quite a bit at work, I still got to put some more time in, in here than I have been lately, which, you know, hopefully soon I will. The holidays are coming to the, the holidays are coming up and we want to eat more. You know, maybe I'll turn that, I want to eat more into, you know, a couple few minutes on the elliptical or something so we just got to stay positive keep a short memory if I start to slip or if I do slip forget about it and try to move on don't dwell on the past don't dwell on what you can't control if you don't do it today there's always tomorrow never think one day is going to define your life because it doesn't if that was the case I would still be 400 plus pounds Gorman you would still be you know at your heaviest but we don't let our that one day define us. Slow, slow and steady, and you'll, you'll get to where you need to get to. I think that makes a lot of sense, man, and that's re- some really great advice for people that are out there listening. And so, Ralph, you you have a goal. You you were saying was it sixty two pounds? But you know, is is one of your goals? Like, where would that put you at? Like, where did that come from? Um, honestly, I want to get down to two fifty. That's that's my goal. Um. Not sure. I'm not sure if I'll reach it by the end of this year. I know I was three thirty one, so sixty two pounds. I think that put me out at um, two seventy down there. So I want to try to get. I know I want to get under three hundred pounds by the end of this year. Um, originally, it was going to be a thirty thirty one day challenge where I try to lose two pounds a day, but yeah, that's not. Like I said, you know, we have to take it slow. So. Yeah, that's that. That sounds like that would lead to <laughs> that would lead to some other unhealthy behavior. Exactly. So, you know, I turned it to two pounds a week in thirty-one weeks. I wanna, I wanna lose that weight, man, and I'm trying for it. My main goal, I, the way I, I want to get down to my ultimate goal, is I haven't seen two twenty or two fifteen since I think my freshman year in high school. So 220 is my main goal. That's when I that's where I want to get down to. I want to get to 250 by the end of this year. Like I said, I'm not going to beat myself up if I'm a few pounds over or anything like that. Um, I'm trying to keep take it slow. I'm trying to, you know, make sure I keep that two pounds a week. And if I do, I'll get to 250 when I get there. I'm not trying to look at the big number. I'm trying to just keep that small number. So right now my goal is I want to be two, or 303 next week. I'm not, I don't want to look ahead at, you know, get down to 220. 
I want to get there. Yes, I want to get down to 250, but I'm trying to keep that short memory where, okay, two pounds this week. Let's get down to 303 and next week will be, you know, 301 or the week after that, 301 and we'll go from there. So I'm trying to look week by week. I'm not trying to look too far ahead because I don't want to get discouraged if I don't see the weights, the weight coming off. I think that makes a lot of sense, man. I think that's a good approach. I, I think to anyone out there listening, like even just from, you know, my perspective as, as a health coach, it's, we, we want to see fast numbers. Like we want to, you know, of course, like, especially when you just start a diet and you have, especially guys out there, you know, you start a diet that first week, you're going to see big numbers. Like you just, it's just the way our bodies work, but seeing a more steady, sustainable rate is something that's healthier for you and is something that you can build a lasting pattern. You're working because every day we're working on building new habits and new behaviors. And if we rush that, we don't build those, those proper tools. So it's almost like having that working concert together can be really important. And, you know, 1% of the body is a, is a healthy, healthy amount of weight, you know, to lose. So being in that two pound range for most people is going to be really, you know, solid weight loss. And, you know, some people, and, and I think that's one of the things, like I know a lot of people who start out very heavy, you know, in the 400s and lose weight faster. When it starts to slow down, they start to think they're doing something wrong. And no, it's just, you're, you're losing the same percentage of weight. It's just that your body's smaller already. So being okay with that, like that your perspective on that, I think is really healthy because I think that is, is really something that's important for people to get, you know, a point for them to get. Yeah. I mean, also don't forget, you know, when you do lose that weight, like you said, you're losing percentages of your body. Uh, my fiance, you know, for instance, she doesn't lose the weight, but she loses the inches. You, you can see that coming off. Uh, you know, with ourselves, you know, like they say, muscle weighs more than fat. If you look at a pound of muscle and a pound of fat, it fat looks a lot heavier than muscle does. So you could be losing the inches and losing that fat and gaining that little bit of muscle, and you might not see that pound come off. But you know, just looking at yourself, you know, take a picture of yourself every day, and you'll slowly start to see that weight come off because you see yourself every day. So you don't really see it coming off the same way, you know, your friends would or you know, your significant other or your family would see it come off, you know, you don't see that pound coming off, but trust me, people notice it and they'll see it. And if you see someone on Instagram or anywhere losing that weight and, you know, they look like they're feeling discouraged, tell them, hey, I see it, you know, because we all see the weight when it comes off, you know, from somebody else, but we don't see it from ourselves because we see ourselves every single day. Uh, I think that that makes a lot of sense, man. And Ralph, you've you've shared a lot of your journey with us today and kind of taken us into the, those challenges that I think are really great for people to hear. Is there anything that you wanted to talk about that we haven't gotten to get into yet? Um, it's just, you know, like the mental health is a big thing for me. I'm always going to preach on mental health, uh, men's mental health to be, you know, more specific. Don't. It's okay to feel like you're not okay. It's okay to feel like, you know, you're not doing enough. We've all been there. As, as big guys, we've always felt like there's, there's nothing we can do about our situation. And the first step to, to that is just to, just to get up, just to start moving. If you're able to walk, start, start with a walk. If you're able to, you know, jog or anything like that, you know, try it out. If you can only run for 10 seconds or you can only walk for a minute, hey, that's a minute longer than you would have did if you wouldn't have got up. It's short goals, 
short goals and keeping yourself going. Don't don't feel like because you can't, you know, you feel like you can't do it doesn't mean you can't do it. My kids, when they say I can't do something, they get in trouble. Well, not in trouble, but I let them know. We don't say that in this house. Can't is a word that does not exist in my house. And I always tell people, don't say you can't do something. Because at my heaviest, when I was depressed, I didn't think I could do anything. I, I didn't think I could lose weight. I didn't think I would get out of my depression. But living with that can't made me not live with, do, do those things. When we start saying we can do things, it's when we actually can. Can't, can is just a word. It's basically, to me, I think can is an excuse. Like my son all the time, I tell him, go get your shoes. I can't. Why can't you get your shoes? Because you don't want to walk over there, right? No, you can. You're just making an excuse. So we just got to keep pushing ourselves, man. Like I said, if you can only do a minute, that's a minute longer than you would have if you wouldn't have got up. Um, and it's okay to not feel okay. You know, if you're upset, you ha you have this format, Gourmet, where you you reach a lot of people. And and we I know every single person that's listened to this appreciates appreciates what you did for us. You've not only you know, brought light to being fat, but you've let people know you're not alone. You've said yourself, you know, the world gets smaller. Well, this podcast to me, it made my world get bigger. It showed me so many more people. And I know myself and a lot of the people listening appreciate what you've done for the fat community and helping us, you know, find other people. Well, thank you, man. I, I really appreciate that. And and as a listener of the podcast, you know how I end every episode. <laughs> so you know what you, I sure do. You know what's coming, man. Are you ready for the Fat Guy Five? Uh, I don't know. I think I am. Okay. Well, ready, <laughs> ready or not, here they come, dude. So, Ralph, tell us, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? My favorite fat guy to this day. Ugh. It's, it has to be um, Gabriel Iglesias. <laughs> he taught me being fat and being funny go hand in hand. We all know as, a bi as big guys, we, you know, sometimes we get embarrassed of being fat. I, I on, my hand, on the other hand, I have pictures of me at my heaviest wearing, I wear, every Easter I go to the store and I find the brightest shirt I can find and I always buy it and that's my shirt. <laughs> so... I'm always look. I have pictures of me looking like a giant Easter egg walking around. So that's awesome. <laughs> Gabriel Iglesias has to be my go-to fat guy. I like that man. Ralph, question number two: Tell us what is one lesson that being a fat guy has taught you? Um, one lesson is probably that I haven't lost myself. Even at my heaviest and or at my smallest, I've always been the same person. I've always been, you know, quote unquote, the goofy fat guy. I've always tried to keep my personality. It's taught me that you don't have to change to fit in. If you're big, you can still fit in. If you're small, you can still fit in. Just stay who you are. And I mean, don't change for nobody. Keep your personality, whether you get small or big. There you go, man. Question number three, Ralph. What is one action that someone can take today if they want to get their journey started? Get up. <laughs> like I said...
Hello? So, Rob, question number three. Tell us, what is one action that someone can take today if they want to get their journey started? Um, like I was saying earlier, just get up. One minute walking today is one minute more than you would have did if you wouldn't get up. Um, uh, for me, I actually started an Instagram account uh, just to find people that, you know, you had that support system and, you know, even that little support where you're seeing positive things. Uh, like uh, Poro, you know, he has his, you know, his, his motivational talks. You know, he goes through things where he posts stuff and it got me motivated, you know. You just got to see things that would motivate you to get up. There we go, man. Question number four, Ralph. What is one thing about yourself that you love? One thing I love about myself is probably that I feel like personally I have a drive that a lot of people say that a big person shouldn't have. Um, I've always tried to make myself feel smaller than I am. If you know the kids outside playing basketball, even at my biggest, I would try to keep up with them. I would push myself. Um, I just, I've always had that drive where I never want to let my weight get the best of me. If I can't do something, I'm never going to say I can't. I'm going to keep trying until I can do it. Uh, I mean, that's just who I am. There we go, man. Question number five, last question of the day, Ralph. Tell us, what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? Oh, not health, fitness, or weight loss related. I think my neck, my goal would be, um, pro- I mean, I'm already set in my career now. I think, honestly, it would just be to spend more time with my family. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, the 2020, man, it's, it's been, it's been eventful. Let's just put it that way. Uh, some people has been better than others. Some people, you know, like I said, I, we've put our wedding off because of, uh, COVID-19 and you know as this time comes where we can spend more time with family I just I want to be able to spend more time with not just my immediate family but relatives um, it's just shown that we're not promised the next day and uh, spending time with the loved ones your friends you know anybody you can you know make sure you always no matter who you are make sure you spend time with them uh, with my cousin, you know, like I said, I always have lived with that regret, not spending that extra, you know, extra day hanging out with them. And I don't want anybody to go through what I went through in that depression phase. So, you know, reach out to family members, spend time with them. Don't let time go by. We're only here for so long. Let's, let's make the time we are here the best time we can. I like it, man. There we go. So Ralph, a big thank you for coming on the show today. I, I appreciate you reaching out, and I'm glad we were able to share your story with the listeners of the forum. So just a big thanks again, man. Oh, no, thank you, Gormy, man. Like I said, you've, you've brought a light to this fat guy community, and without you, I know there's a lot of people that don't know where they would be without you, man. You've made our world bigger, not smaller, like we have been feeling. Well, I, I truly appreciate that, man, and if... Anyone out there wants to connect with Ralph, Ralph, where can they find you? Um, I actually have an Instagram. Uh, it's bigbro underscore no mo. I'm not trying to be a big bro no more. I'm trying to be a little smaller. So <laughs> um, I have a Facebook. It's that's just a It's not a, a fitness one, but it's Ralph Franco. If you guys want to connect with me on there. Um, 
But mostly, man, I'm, I'm on Instagram trying to, you know, help people out, whether they're just starting or they've been started. I love talking to people, man. Well, there you go, man. I'm sure there are going to be a lot of people out there that want to reach out to you after hearing you take us through your journey. And if anyone wants to find me, you know you can find me on Instagram at Gourmet Goes Keto, on Twitter at Gourmet Goes Keto, and heck, I'm also on TikTok and Clapper at Gourmet Goes Keto. Uh, watch for some exciting news coming as well for uh, the Fat Guy Forum and Gourmet Goes Keto on Facebook really soon. If you are interested in one-on-one holistic ketogenic coaching and mindset support and goal setting and all the things that go into it, right now we are running a sale through the end of the year, 10% off our services, whether it's the one month or the three month. So go on and check that out at theketoroad.com slash coach dash Mike. And hey, my friends, remember to go out there and do something today to amaze yourself because you are the most amazing people I know. Then come on back and catch us again on the next Fat Guy Forum. Mm -hmm.